Hospo is all about connection with your customers and your team. But what if your tools could also connect? That's where Square comes in. Square for Restaurants connects your front of house to your back of house, your team to their schedules, and connects new revenue streams with your marketing to reach new customers. Whether you have one location or many, Square has everything your business needs to connect your vision to reality. Learn more by visiting square.com slash restaurants. Welcome to another Principle of Hospitality podcast. I'm your host, Sean DeVries. Thanks so much for tuning to this episode. Principle of Hospitality has been developed to tell the stories of professionals within the dynamic world of hospitality. We're straight-talking, ethically-minded, and a reliable online source of information and inspiration for people in the hospitality industry. Now, with today's show... Today, we are super excited to have Jess Egan, the General Manager of Principal Design, a hospitality design and branding agency on the show with us today. They have a wealth of experience in the industry with a focus on creating innovative and memorable experiences for guests through design and branding. So it's great to have Jess on the show. Hey Jess, how are you? Hello. I'm good, thank you. Uh, Fantastic to have you on this podcast with us today, especially as we're releasing this podcast. You guys are going to be in the throw of Design Week, which incorporates a lot of things around hospitality design. Let's talk about how you started out in the sort of design game and how you came to be the GM of this amazing design studio. So I went to design school uh, many, many moons ago. And at the time, I I loved design, I loved the creative space, but I really, I actually really wanted to do business. And um, I remember going to one of the counsellors and saying, I want to transfer to the business course. And they said to me, no, 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 (laughs) stick to the design. Like we don't often see this transfer happen. Um, So stick to the design, finish that qualification and then do another, basically do another degree and go and do business. Mm. Um, And I decided to go backpacking instead once I finished design course. And it was back in the day when you carried around those big folios. Oh, yes. (laughs) A2 things with the, it was just like you could pick a design student from a mile away. Uh, So that didn't. They didn't work out for backpacking for me, unfortunately. So I did a bit of backpacking and then I got to the UK and I thought, I, I really want to stay in that creative space and I want to work in that space. And I got a role as an, we call them suit or account manager in some of the like big ad agencies. And I did that for, I've done that for a very, very long time, but I got the creative, I got to be part of the creative, but I didn't. I didn't have to do the creative and I think, mm. in all honesty, it was probably for a good good thing. I think my, <laughs> my skills, there's plenty of many, many more um, talented designers. But so I stayed in that space and, and I learned the business side um, and I worked overseas for a number of years, then came back, similar thing, did big ad agency. And then I did a bit more around big web build and got um, – postgrad diploma in project management and stayed in that in that creative space but how you can operationally run a creative environment and how the business requirements or business needs and creativity come together so I sort of got to merge the two things that I really wanted to do which was fabulous um and basically it all went from there and I've sort of stayed in this creative space for a really long time and have landed at uh, full circle for me back in a, in a design studio uh, principal design in a fabulous job and with an amazing team what do you love about the design industry so much? Because doing project management is a challenge in itself. 
throw in a whole lot of amazing people who are creative mm. makes another <laughs> level of challenge. It's nice way to put it. Sure. How, do you, <laughs> how, do you, how do you handle that, like to be around it for such a long time? I think it's. I think there is a balance. I have one of those. I am left and right brained, and it, it doesn't come often. And I think it's. I get both sides of things. I understand there's a requirement. It might be a revenue. It might be a commercial entity. There might be something that is required. But I also understand that process of creativity and how sometimes those two, you know, so they don't always fit together as a perfect jigsaw. Mm. Um, and so I think I've I've just been able to find that balance and bring those two together and sort of play that, you know, little bit of glue in between. Um, I'm a super organised person, always have been, but I, I come from a very creative family and I think it's sort of that balance of just it's, it's always what I've liked doing. Mm. Like, I don't think I'd like being this role in a, I don't know, tax office or, <laughs> you know, something something not creative. I think yeah. I would I'd find that incredibly difficult because I think creativity lends business to become much stronger and much better and I think having commercial understanding or overlay also makes the creative come better too so I think it's a really nice synergy that they have. What role do you sort of see marketing play in hospitality design like how do you ensure that designs align with clients vision for the overall you know project whatever they're coming to you guys with because you guys do so many varied things. Yeah we do look I think we do a lot of branding and I think branding or, you know, needs to come first before the marketing as well. But they are almost as vital, to, particularly to a hospitality business, as is the product that they're serving, the food, the drink. Um, if you can't manage to sort of bring those two together, it, it's I always look at it and go, well, hospitality is, is the perfect example of why you need branding because you're not going to get people walking into your restaurant or buying your product off the shelf if it doesn't look like it's, you know, it's it's well made, it's professional, it all those types of things bring it together. Mm. So it's I think it's just as important to have both of those together. That experience, we don't, you know, eating is is what you go for. It's 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 part of it, but it's actually about the experience that you get when you go and do those things. And I think branding and marketing play a huge part in that experience. Um, and we know that you can get, you know, you can have the most amazing product, but if people don't pick it up off the shelf or they don't come in and, and order from you, then it's not it's not going to be sustainable from mm. a commercial perspective. So it's about bringing that together. Brand brings the trust to to what you're offering, and marketing is the way that we are able to sort of portray that trust and get people to understand what your product is or get them interested in it so you know brandings aren't you can't measure branding so it's a really hard thing it's something that you do everybody knows you need it and the stronger the brand the more equity that you have um but marketing's that part where you are able to measure it because you're able to say well this marketing campaign or this piece got somebody in the door and or they ordered online and and we can measure those kind of things mm. so it's a really important to sort of look at it in that aspect of these two all need to work together to get you in. We really need to understand that brand story to be able to say, well, this marketing is going to work for you because we want to market to the right audience, to your the right customers, but also how do we make sure that that story is being told um, to represent who you are and the products that you have? Mm. Um, and I think it's really hard to sort of to, to kind of do that sometimes without getting a lot of background. Everything that happens from that perspective is it's all about thinking. You do the thinking first, you get all of that alignment. We do workshops, so we do branded strategy workshops 
that we ask lots of questions. We we don't give any answers in those. That what that is about facilitating getting sort of information. And sometimes it's like a little nugget that comes out. Someone will have mm. um, off the cuff remark, and then we go, yes, that's that's where we're going to go with this, and that's that little insight that we pull out. So spending the time is where you get that thinking right. Understand who they are, what that story is, what that product is, what's that end goal? Do you want people to come in and, and purchase? Do you want bookings to go up? Do you want an in, in Insta following? Do you want to? What is it that you're after? And sort of merging those two things together. How do you guys navigate those conversations with clients without the overwhelm, right? Yes. And I, I deal with you know my hospitality clients all the time, and like because you because uh, they're thinking so many different things. They open a new venue, for example, they can get overwhelmed quite quickly. There's a lot of things to think about. I think when you're thinking about that from a branding and marketing communication, can become the same when you're talking about all those different elements, like. How do you, is it, is it tough to guide them through the process of like how to come to the end result of the brand story that you guys need to have? I think it's, it, it, look, it can be. There's a really strong process that you, you go through and it's about having conversations and it's about explaining. We use a whole lot of terms, branding terms, strategic terms that people don't understand and saying this is what this means and this is how it could apply to you. And it's really about... It's not holding their hand. They understand the, the, the premise of it a lot of the time, but it's actually going through and sort of extracting it to them, to what they're trying to do. So it is, it can be difficult, but it's not necessarily hard to get through it. You've just got to keep pushing. So sometimes you might go into a workshop and you're trying to extract something out and you're not really getting the part that you think, we're not going, we're not going to be able to roll this into something because we haven't worked out really what is it they're trying to do or the value that they want to offer. Um, and what we f- sort of find is we just keep keep deep diving, keep asking questions, go back and forth, but spend the time doing that at the beginning, mm. get it right. So it's it's about working with the, with the people who um, either own or run the business, understanding what their desires are and where they would like to take it. Because look, we can design some amazing work and it'll be fabulous, but if it's not aligning to what they're after, then it really doesn't meet the brief. And I think it's important to to really go well, although they want to do this and this is the direction they would like to go, we could definitely show them another option and, mm. and do it that way. Mm. But it's about making taking them on that journey and bringing them with you mm. as you go. Because I think arguably brand's never been uh, – I mean, I'm obviously sitting outside the branding world but, but lucky enough to be inside the studio so often with so many creatives here at Principal Design. Like brand has never been really as important as it is now in the hospitality scape because it's not just a logo on a door. Like it's – it's website. It can. It can, you need to move products into you know DTC and delivery options and all these different, all these different things. Where if you have poor branding at the start or something, it doesn't hit the mark because they don't understand the brand story. Like it makes it so hard to do that extension of brand later on. Do you think? It it does. Look, you can always come in and look at you've got an existing brand that's doing well but it's time for a rebrand it's time to elevate it or it's time to take it in a different direction mm. you absolutely can come in and do it at that point you have some the background you understand potentially who those customers are and and what you need to do but to do it properly from the beginning can really mean your success or you're not your success mm. if you don't get that branding correct um and people don't pick it up. People don't come in. You don't really bring in enough revenue to be able to sustain it and, and keep it growing and keep going. So it's around making sure you've got spending that time and that effort to begin with. I think hospitality is one of the, the biggest things because people really, they've got plenty of choice. They've got a huge amount of choice where to go. It, mm. It's not a, it's 
there's amazing sort of innovations and there's and there's different ways or experiences that you can have within hospitality but ultimately there's many many people out there doing the same thing mm. so how do you make what you're doing stand out and give something that a consumer is going to go oh i'd like to go and try that or i went and tried that and then they said and the food was amazing mm. so it's that that first sort of understanding of these something that i'm inspired by or i would like to be part of that's your brand and brand can if you've got a really strong brand that's there's a lot of sort of financial equity that that can build as well for the future so depending on what your plans are you might want to create a hospitality brand that you're going to have you know maybe one shop or one product and you're happy with that but if you want to think consider extending it franchising it out or potentially divesting and selling it in the future brand is where a lot of that equity is going to be able to come because people are buying into that brand mm. um the, the product and everything that you offer is a huge part of that obviously but is your brand really strong and is that going to sort of support that sale process or um, that growth yes mm. always with the end in mind yes Melbourne's a very competitive landscape in regards with obviously food and hospitality, but especially with design. Like there's so much great design and creativity that's happening in this state, in this city. How do you start with the latest trends in branding and design that happen? Because there is so much that can that a team can look at in order to get inspiration. But how do you guys stay in front of the game? Oh, experience is the huge thing. So, I mean, we, a couple times a week, we actually have meetings where we sit down and talk about well, what did you do, where'd you go? That is such a big part of it and we share what we've what our experience was with it you'll find others will then go and say i went there and i experienced this off that and we get an understanding of that we absorb what each other what each other sort of goes through and and Mm. the places that they go so that's one way of doing it i think it's incredibly important that you know we've got melbourne's great for going out and and doing all those types of things so but just being able to to do that and share i've our personal experiences is amazing but we're visual people as well and there is a wealth of of stuff that's available so uh social platforms are huge i think it's really important to sort of deep dive and kind of get involved in some of those things a really big part of what we do is not just focusing on the industry sectors that we work in so architecture and design is a huge space architecturally you can go and see some incredible things and the industries that architecture sort of can touch is, is pretty much everything and that's an amazing way to to get a really good understanding of what else is out there and see how things are doing it and that can be worldwide as well so just looking at those things really pay attention to what's trending in terms of you'll start to see things in the social feeds or having a different group of ages in the studios is amazing as well mm. because there's, di- there's people that are into different things. They're experiencing different parts of life and and those sort of different interests. Mm. So it's important to kind of have that diversity as well. Mm. But look, social is a huge space to sort of look at it. Watching documentaries is another way, which is really interesting. So you know, Netflix has got a huge amount of creative type um, documentaries or even there's a, the movie at the moment that's out, the Air movie about Michael Jordan oh, and, yeah, and yeah. Nike in the shoes. Yeah. That's incredible watching that journey and that's, that's a long time to And so many practices from that movie are actually in play today. Mm. Um, so watching and reading and looking is a, is a huge way to do it. But different industries, stay mm. focused on, on outside of your space, bring inspiration in. Uh, what you can see in something else and then you can bring that through into another industry and you as you apply it completely different outcome but that's such an amazing way to start something new to sort of see um, and sort of disrupt and, and test the boundaries yeah for sure the last few years obviously hospitality has been made to reevaluate you know physical spaces both by way of 
first initially making sure people are safe and now by making sure they can fit in as many patrons as possible um, to get a better return. How do you guys here at PD adapt to these changes? What are some of the new sort of design trends that you're seeing coming through in the industry? Uh, One of the biggest challenges was taking something that was physical, tangible, face-to-face and then sort of adapting it to being digital. Uh, that was a huge part of it. And I don't think that was easy. I don't think it's just from a technical perspective. I think technology has definitely come a long way to enable that. It, ha- it was sort of there in, in some aspects, but um, it's definitely sort of grown. But I think that balance has been really hard to find. And now that we are coming back into the real world, we're coming back into the face-to-face world, we're seeing a lot of automation requirements Mm. so i think it's around it can be around self-service digital menus qr codes and just basically simplifying that service process design plays a huge part in that you know just the process itself is design but then there's you know how do you what does it look like how do you interact with it if it is a digital space i noticed going to a restaurant the other day everyone's got their phones out which was a no-no you went to a restaurant to put your phone away and so in changing that experience and, and making that sort of work well is something we've had to look at we're trying to use design sort of aspects in, in terms of the way that the consumer interacts and bring that warmth back into it because having your phone at the table, the reason you, you put it away was to interact with where you were, the space, the people you were with and all those types of things. Mm. So how do we bring that warmth back into actually, you know, you, you actually required because there will be a waiter or a waitress around, but the, the preference is that you scan it with your, with your mm. phone just for that automation purpose of it. So we kind of look at many different aspects. Design language is one. What colour do you use? What font do you use? How quick is that process? And making sure that that menu, maybe there is a a physical menu as well as a digital menu. And those kind of trends are something I think we'll start to see continue on. I think we are heading to a, a place where people are liking that social interaction a little bit though as well, but I know staffing and all sorts mm. of things are issues. Mm. Um, I know you've touched on that quite a lot, but it, that is actually something that as a business now it's a requirement. Does it save them time and the, the issues with shortages to have a, a QR code? Yes, it does. So can they survive without it? Potentially no, not not any longer. This is sort of the disruptor. COVID was a big disruptor for many things, but this is going to be a disruptor in, in that space from a, from a visual perspective as well. So we've had to sort of look at bringing those QR codes in and also how you navigate when you get to the digital space is really important. Venues have been really creative as well with the way they use their space and how that outdoor and that indoor is working too. So we look at the signage, how how do we get, make sure people are, you know, I think there was that, the council's opened the curbside dining, mm. which is one of my favourite actual things I think Agreed. that's happened out of COVID. Mm. Uh, but that requires a whole lot of different type of signage for the for the business um how does somebody find their way through that restaurant if they're sitting out in the curb and they need to get into the bathroom all those types of things so that's we we look at that wayfinding we look at how that space is laid out and we put some time and effort in designing making that experience still enjoyable whether you're inside you're outside you're in the digital space ordering but you're physically sitting there these are combinations that we didn't see beforehand but Mm. are really really important to to show how they can interact because i think both apply are you saying that you're focusing on sound and light a bit more as well now as like it becomes a very competitive landscape in regards with hospitality in that first, well, I call it the first 30 seconds of a venue and how it makes you feel has never been so important. Yeah. Obviously things like wayfinding and all that kind of stuff is incredibly important because not knowing where a tool it is in a venue that you've been to for the first time can actually like remarkably change your experience of having this space. Yeah. 
but so can things like light and, and, and sound and that kind of stuff. Do you guys think about that when you think about we, when you design? We do, and particularly if it's a, it's a new venue being set up. So we'll work generally quite closely with the architects or the interior designers to do that. Mm. Um, the brand tends to come first because what that brand is going to look and feel like will then overlay into the physical space as mm. well quite significantly. And if you are creating something that is really going for something that's a really cosy, really warm environment, maybe it's a, like a level of sophistication or something that goes with and that's the brand that you're after it needs to be a warm and sophisticated environment when you walk in there as well Mm. um and so you can't have bright lights and incredibly loud music and all those kind of things and so that kind of comes out of those brand values as well so we work through with the owners or or the the team we understand you know if it is the value like they want this really beautiful environment um and that's what they want to represent as a brand we sort of talk to them and say well we're going to have particular type of signage it's going to look like this it's not going to be backlit or brightly lit and the venue itself to accommodate all of these things is really going to have to have that sort of type of lighting as well Mm. but we work with the we often work with the architects and the interior designers in that too because it's about making those two worlds combine. How do you come up with with such unique ideas and concepts, especially with, with video and with marketing? I'm thinking about the real case of Cory Ice Cream, which you guys did yep. recently uh, with Architect Seed as well in Hawthorne in Melbourne. And I'm just thinking about that shot with the, the chocolate going down someone's hand as they're holding the ice cream mm-hmm. cone, the amazing ice cream from Cory. Does that get pre-planned? Was that a thing you, that was thought of before that happened, before that photo shoot? Or did that just happen in situ and then it's just an amazing piece of brand that happens? It can be both. It absolutely can be both. But the planning, it's the thinking beforehand. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Always about the thinking. Yeah. Look, it's, it's expensive to do a photo shoot. It's expensive mm. to shoot video. And if you go in and you don't have a plan, you one, it's going to cost you a huge amount of money. And then second of all, you're going to come out with something that potentially might not work. So we the planning is all done in that creative concepts. So we spend a lot of time in sort of testing and going through many many different directions to get to that point internally we are probably the biggest critics on ourselves <laughs> um it's really actually quite hard to get creative out the door it's not as simple of oh we've macked it up and it's it's good to go this there for good reason the quality of the work that we want is is really important but when you do get to the photo shoot sometimes something happens and sometimes something and we might be like oh actually that's working really well um let's just play with that for a little bit and good photographers will also know where to test and where to lean on that as well so you'll have the creative team you'll have the client team and you'll have the photographer and if something is working you may go off track and and do a little bit of extension work on it but majority of the time it has to be planned (laughs) (laughs) things just don't happen yeah no unfortunately no you know there's although creative can look really spontaneous and it can look really beautiful Mm. um there's a lot of thought that goes into creativity and there's a lot of the way that you want to you know show that brand and that brand to be perceived from a visual perspective is about that initial thinking in those workshops what advice would you give to businesses looking to update their branding and design? What are some of the practical steps they can sort of get started with? Like you talked a little bit before about taking a brand from something that was good to something that's amazing. Like how do you go through that process? I think first and foremost, you can come and you can come to us and sit down and say, I don't know what I want to do, but I just want to do something different. And that's absolutely fine. There's a whole lot of exercises and strategy that will work with you to sort of understand that. But if you have a little bit of an idea, I think the first thing is, Understand what you want to stand out for. What is it that you as a business would like to stand out for? What is what is different about you? They can be turned into values. You might understand what those values are already, but values is really important. What do you want your customers to see or be perceive you as? I think that's that's so important. It's the first part. Then what are you offering your customers is the second part. It's not just the food and the drink that you offer. It would just 
that is an amazing output of what you do. But there's many, many pieces that get to being able to do that. Mm. And the service, what's the service going to be like? What's the experience for your customer going to be like? What are they going to take away from either interacting or engaging with you as a brand? That's really important. If you kind of go, I don't know what it is in like sort of tangible aspects, but I want people to walk away feeling nostalgic or I want them to feel like they've had dinner at grandma's you know mm. whatever that might be that's that's sometimes enough for us to go okay well we've we've got that in our mind we know what that is we might deep dive into it and, and sort of try and extract a few extra things out of it but that's that's the sentiment of, of what we you know we can start with I think as well understanding who your customers are now if you're wanting your customers to be take them into you know grow or do something a little bit different understand who your existing customers are and understand who you potentially your the customers that you would like or you aspire to have are they're incredibly important differences because you might have a huge audience that you do really really well of but you want to add another sort of service or offering or anything along those lines and that might potentially be a slightly different customer base so Mm. understanding who that is and what they want that's where I would start. I think that's it. It's, it's sometimes as much as we need to be able to kind of help go through that process. And, you know, it, could, it also could be a growth thing. You know, if you know you want, I want to open another three shops. We start to go through why, when, how, all these different questions. And that's a nice way to sort of start those ones off as well. But basically it's about what you want to stand for, what you want people to think of your brand and who those customers are. And those workshops that you guys do are awesome. Like I've been in them myself. Um, they are fun. Yeah. The car exercise is definitely yeah. fun. Do you get your client, the client to do any pre-work before those workshops or is it important that you encapsulate all the data with inside that moment that you can actually see and talk to them in person? Some clients will come to you and they've got a fully formed idea and they'll say, this is who our competitors are, this is what the difference is and I'll still say to them, but we're going to do our own competitive review and they'll say, no, 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 but I know who they are. And I will go back and say, but you haven't looked at them as a brand. You've looked at them from a service offering perspective or you've looked at them from a price point or whatever those things are. Because sometimes that's not what the consumer's looking at you. They're not even they're not looking at your brand. They don't know that they're looking at your brand, but that's actually what they're seeing. Mm. Um, and that's what they're responding to. So there is research. Some do come with a bit of both and some will come and they're like, I've got this idea, I'm going to start this business, I'm going to start this brand and they won't have anything and that's that's completely workable um, mm. because then we sort of go through the full process and we sort of understand what, what they want to do, where they want to go, what those business requirements might be or those growth requirements uh, and then we kind of map that out and do research documents and go back and forth. Mm. But the clients who come and have a really strong understanding, that's, that's fabulous because you can kind of go, yeah, you will take on all of that on board, we'll go through all of it but we'll still ask the same question potentially again, which can be <laughs> annoying, but it's, it's, um, we're asking, it's important though. It is. And mm. I think we ask from a different perspective. We are looking at it from an outward perception sort of side of things. And I think it's really important to kind of look at it. And sometimes he'll go, ah, oh, look, we're going to be red. I, I love red. I want to be red. It's fabulous. And then we'll go and look at all the competitors. I'm like, yeah, but all your competitors are red. Mm. So if you're blue, what happens? You stand out. You don't have to be blue, but it's an example. It's about sort of understanding it from that branding perspective because you want to be able to differentiate yourselves mm. and you want to have that stand out. If not, you just have that potential of being confused with your competitor. Especially in a landscape which has so much of the same colour, it must be hard to figure out 
what that new colour variation might be. Well, it's interesting. Especially in food. Yeah, well, colours have meaning. So Mm. this is a fabulous exercise you can run and, you know, colours can have, you know, for example, red. It can mean love, it can mean hate, it can mean all sorts of different things. It can mean it can mean blood and gore. It can, it, mm. It's just got it's got such a variation on it. But you can run these exercises where you, you put the values of all the colours down, and you run through, and you don't show any colour. You get people to stick on and go. I, I want to, you know, I want to be happy, and I want to be bright, and and you go through this whole thing. You as many stakeholders as you can in it, and often there's clusters. It's incredible how they're aligned on the value or the or the what they understand it to be from a word perspective. Mm. Um, and then you put them all out and you get the clusters and often you'll turn them over and you'll have a whole huge range of yellows. <laughs> <laughs> and then that's an, that's an interesting way to look at, you know, how you get to that colour. There's there's all sorts of different ways to do it too. You look at what the competitors are doing. You might have some equity in their previous brand and you might want, might not want to lose it. Sure. And that's in, that's important. So there's, there's a whole process that goes, I mean, colour is one of my favourite things. I think it's a... It's a beautiful way to sort of represent yourself. It can have many different meanings. Your brand's going to have to work in monochrome at some point. Someone's going to print something as as well. So it's it's nice to be able to spend that sort of kind of time going through and and understanding and, and making sure the colour is representative of, mm. of who they want to be. What mark is principal design trying to leave on the hospitality industry now? You guys are focusing so much on hospitality, branding and design across the board. What kind of legacy are you trying to leave? Look, I think the team really are helping to build some really incredible brands. They have, I have no doubt some of those brands are going to live for a very, very long time. Mm. Branding and design isn't just visual. The output is, but the significant part is that thinking that I've sort of said in the beginning. And I think we're leaving our mark around that sort of space in helping businesses understand theirs. They understand what their values are and their strategic thoughts from from a branding perspective. And then that visual component really portrays that and supports their values. So I think we're leaving that type of mark where we're kind of enabling a, a brand to grow and become – that's one of our questions when we start. Do you potentially want to grow? Do you want franchises? Do you want to have sub-brands? Do you want to do all these different things? Mm. And it might be, yeah, I'd love to, but in maybe five years' time. And that's okay. That's all I need to know. So I have to go, well, it's, it needs to have the length of this brand – needs to be for a long term mm. and it needs to be able to maybe potentially tap other services in or other products or, you know, grow and and those types of things. So I think we're leaving that mark where we're enabling brands to have that longevity. Well done on everything you're doing here. Uh, it's fantastic to work with you all the time that we work together on different projects, but, you know, Principal Design is definitely the best design agency in Australia. I know I say that in every podcast, but like, it is, and there's a reason why you know I formed a relationship with Sash is because you know the branding of this this particular podcast is done by Principal Design and, and the amazing work that hospitality brands that you're doing at the moment. Jess, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. What's the best way that people can find out more about the great work that Principal Design is doing in hospitality? Follow us on our socials or connect with us on LinkedIn. Our website's got uh, 15 years worth of case studies and previous work that we've done. There's something in there for everybody, so have a look at the website as well. Awesome. As always, linked up in the show notes of this podcast so you can check out the amazing work that Principal Design is doing in the hospitality industry. Jess Egan, thanks so much for your time. Thanks for having me. (laughs) Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Principal of Hospitality. I hope you really enjoyed that episode. As always, this is a business-to-business podcast, so please comment, like, and share. Most importantly, share this podcast with your friends in the industry. We're obviously making this content with the industry in mind and the reason why we can keep doing what we're doing is if you share along. So we'd really appreciate it. Until next time, stay well, everyone.
Hospo is all about connection with your customers and your team. But what if your tools could also connect? That's where Square comes in. Square for Restaurants connects your front of house to your back of house, your team to their schedules, and connects new revenue streams with your marketing to reach new customers. Whether you have one location or many, Square has everything your business needs to connect your vision to reality. Learn more by visiting square.com slash restaurants.